1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC.
0: These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Chuck on Score North and Score North.com.
1: I got a lot of hungry people and personnel, man. Those guys are always, it's, it's great. You know, it feels like, and honestly, it feels like my old uh, trading days where you had, you know, you know how to, you know, I was, you know, I was responsible for taking the risk, but you had people giving you ideas all the time, right? You had a research and strategy group and you had, you read third party services and you're just looking for ideas, looking for ideas is ultimately my job and Kevin's job and Rob's job to sign off on that final idea. But like, we just love ideas. We love information and that's what it is. And these guys are probably blowing up my phone right now, giving me great ideas. And so we'll keep exploring those.
0: Oh man, people just, you know, not that we should be judging everything off Twitter, but People are mad, Judd, that we have uh, insinuated that maybe Kwesi is not operating alone here. That maybe there's been some influence from the front office and ownership group. I'm texting him right. Making. I'm texting him (laughs) right now.
1: There's still time to release a few guys, and I'm going to text them the
0: names. Cut them all. Cut them all. Amazing. I got ideas. This is uh, this is Mackie and Judd here, daily Minnesota sports entertainment, and it is reckless speculation Thursday to all who celebrate. That means we bring in our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department, the Scoop Podcast, for inside information about your favorite Minnesota sports teams. What's going on, dudes?
2: What's up, Phil? Hi, Judd. Hi, Declan. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. I don't think I need to necessarily recklessly speculate that Quecia Dofo Mensa is all about collaboration. So yes, on the influence from others, Yes, on the influence from above.
0: Yeah, so uh, here let's let's get into some meat and potatoes offensive line talk here because ultimately, oh, that's great. Oh. Zayaria Smith, love it. Uh, I like I like getting I like getting you know fresher you know along these defensive positions. I, I like the Jordan Hicks move. I like the the Brandon Phillips move. I, mean, I like these
2: moves too. Can I pause though? Yeah, your little whatever it'll end up being. Maybe it's a rant on on them needing to fix the offensive line, but on Zadarius Smith, I agree. I like the signing, but, like, I need to see him in action a bit. Like, back surgery, 29 years old, I don't care if you're 25, but back surgery, like, I just I pause yeah. ever so slightly. Now, if he can play 16, 17 games, if Daniil Hunter can play 16, 17 games, yes, look out. The defense should be markedly better. The defense has been a train wreck for two consecutive years, but – I'm just saying I need to see him in action before I go all in on, like, you know, popping the champagne on Zadarius Smith now being a Viking.
0: Yeah. No, I think I think that's a fair assessment. And even if he does pan out, if he's healthy and everything is great and Daniil is healthy, you know, your defense should take a step forward. But the thing that has held the Vikings back offensively the most since they signed pocket passer, non-mobile Kirk Cousins, is offensive line. And to this point, the starting offensive line from last year is pretty much. I mean, it's the. Same. I mean, right now, Garrett Bradbury is your center. Right guard is open for competition. Um, the news from this morning, and and you've had this. You've been tracking this, but Ryan Bates. Uh, Ryan Bates is the is the guard from Buffalo, 25 years old, that started the last five games for the Bills. Did very well uh, for the Bills down the stretch in the playoffs too. And he he so he visited the Vikings, vis, uh, visited the Patriots, the the Bears. He winds up signing an offer sheet with Chicago, and so now it's either going to be Chicago or the Bills can match. So take another one off the board if uh, if you're talking about upgrades to the offensive line, Dukes.
2: Yes, so the Bills have five days to match. You said it, as a restricted free agent, the Bills absolutely can match Chicago's offer. I'll be curious to see what the offer entails. No surprise, we've seen this oftentimes going back many, many years. The team that gets that last visit, So the visit order was Vikings, Patriots, Bears. He left Chicago yesterday. Oftentimes, that team that gets that last visit ends up winning the free agency battle. I'm bearing the lead a little bit, though, for sake of our audience. The Vikings did make an offer. I at-tweeted some people on Wednesday that the Vikings wanted him. I didn't need to be the 12th reporter this morning confirming what Brad Biggs of the Chicago Tribune put out there that the Bears had signed him to an offer sheet. But for sake of our conversation, I can tell you this scoop segment, the Vikings wanted Ryan Bates. They made him a nice offer. I don't necessarily know if it was the same offer the Bears made. The Bears certainly have a little bit more financial flexibility than the Vikings. But make no mistake about this. The Vikings made Bates an offer. They wanted him badly.
0: Yeah.
1: All right, so let's back up a bit. What's plan B now?
2: Well, I mean, do they circle back on Billy Turner, the former Packer, Moundsview High School's own Shoreview native? He is still out there. Heck, he's in town right now if you wanted to have him visit. They did inquire early. I'll check and see if they circle back. The most popular question I've gotten on Twitter going back two weeks will the Vikings make a move on JC Treader? Yeah. Really good pass blocker, right? The Browns let him go. I'm not entirely sure why the Browns let him go, but the Browns let him go. Really good offensive lineman sitting out there right now. When I have something that I can definitively report, I will. Do I think, for sake of reckless speculation, do I think his name has come up at TCO Performance Center? 100%. Do I know how far that's gone? Not necessarily quite yet, so stay tuned on that front,
0: Duke. So let me add one more thing on yep, JC Treader real quick here. So I think part of the issue with the Browns was you know the money and they and they were looking to make a move for a quarterback, obviously. But uh, he, this is from an SI dot com article. So even though he played in games, he was basically never healthy because of knee and ankle injuries. He would sit out practice on a regular basis. So do is it possible the Vikings and other teams are trying to figure out is his Is his leg a ticking time bomb here? And, you know, you get him in and all of a sudden, you know, he goes from being 31 years old to being 50 years old overnight because of injury issues.
2: Yes, makes sense. Thank you for the background. I apologize for not having done a deep dive. Thank you for having done that deep dive. So, yes, the way you lay that out, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa with the Browns connection with Trader certainly has enough of a book on Trader. So, yes, so it's entirely possible their conversations internally – have not extended externally conversations with Treder's representation because of that very reason.
1: So, dudes, let's talk about what uh, the um, the crazy quote off the top of the, this show, in which he talks about you know my scouts and my personnel de- department. And you used the word correctly because it was used a bunch by the Wilfs as well. Collaboration. What are you hearing about that process? Because I, I know fans there's a certain um, segment of the fan base for the Vikings that gets upset when you deign to criticize how they might be going about their business. That being said, um, I found Quasi's press conference interesting in some of his read between the lines references as to how much control he has of things and how, how much um, the Wilfs especially are probably involved in saying, we still really want to win in 2022. Behind the scenes are you hearing much about how this is playing out because it does seem a competitive rebuild is almost contradictory in in my opinion in mm-hmm. some ways especially when you're where the Vikings are at I'd be curious to know if there's any internal steam from your side on what the real feeling about this is
2: Well I mean there's certainly a lot of voices that Quincy is listening to do I think the Wilfs have put down the hammer to say like you go signs of Darius Smith. No, I mean, I think Mike Patton drove the bus on, on the Smith interest Mm -hmm. in large part. I think Ed Donatel drove the bus on, on some of the other moves they have made. Certainly Kevin O'Connell has, you know, intimate information when it comes to, you know, Hicks, the linebacker having, you know, competed against him Rams Cardinals twice a year, going back a couple years. So, you know, it's, it's a, Team effort? I mean, is that the best way to put it? But I don't get the sense, Judd, that Ziggy and Mark are blowing up Quasey's phone on a daily basis saying, you need to sign this guy. I I just, I, I don't. Do I think they, you know, put it out there that the plan was to be, you know, as competitive as possible here in 2022, that they feel like they can make a serious run come January of 2023? Yes, I do think that. Do I think that had something to do with Ryan Poles landing in Chicago, not here as general manager? Yes, I do, after we've seen what Chicago has done this offseason, pretty much blowing things up, hitting the reset button. But no, I just I don't think there's any sort of edict from above where Ziggy and Mark Judd are saying, you need to go chase this guy and only this guy and go get that guy no matter what.
0: I feel like the Vikings have always been in a competitive rebuild for like, I mean, for sure, for the last three seasons. You know, how is – and I'm actually pleasantly surprised that Quasey characterized it that way. You know, he, I mean, he's being honest. Yeah, we're trying to straddle both sides of the fence. He literally said we're trying to live on both sides of the fence. And so I guess if you strip that down and say, okay, if you're let's, – let's take competitive rebuild, which – I mean, that's an oxymoron, right? Like, that, like it's not possible to be fully competitive while also sort of trying to rebuild – and it's not possible to fully rebuild if you're sort of trying to be competitive. So it all equals seven, eight, nine, ten 10 wins, right? Like a competitive rebuild is what they've been – the last two seasons, they've had a veteran quarterback in his prime, needs more offensive line help, needs some pieces on defense, and instead of maybe taking draft pick capital and and exchanging it for established players like the Rams have done – the Vikings drafted more players than any team in the NFL over a three-year stretch in a win-now window with Kirk Cousins, right? So I guess I'm curious to see it play out. I do think an injection of offensive-minded coaching is going to help this thing. But if you're trying to be as competitive as you can be, then you can't also be rebuilding. And and if you're trying to rebuild as well as you can and as quickly as you can, you can't also be trying to run it back. So it just feels like more of the same even though they have a regime change. What are your thoughts?
2: They've been stuck in middle purgatory for a really long time. Yeah. This roster with some more moves to come. So by no means is this the final roster that we will see week one come September, more changes are coming, including bringing in, you know, some draft picks, but I'm talking some other moves as well. But for the most part, like the core is in place, like, I think they can improve. Like, I think they can get to nine, maybe even ten wins. Heck, maybe even 11. But, Phil, you've talked about this plenty. The ultimate goal is to hoist that Lombardi trophy in early February. Is this the core that is going to get you there? Like, I just, I pause mightily on that. The narrative that is being spun, not necessarily verbally, but reading between the lines is this was in large part, Mike Zimmer's fault and Mike Zimmer deserves all sorts of blame for the failures of the last two years in particular. But if you want to go back missing playoffs, three of the last four,
0: wouldn't you love to hear his side of this at some point? He's been pretty quiet.
2: I'm glad you bring that up. And this probably won't surprise you, the audience, but like he's battling some stuff like there's, you know, like, I haven't had direct contact with Mike, so this is a little bit secondhandish, but like him not landing anywhere, him sitting on the couch right now, like now he's got those grandbabies that certainly help keep him sane, at least somewhat, but like Mike is pretty beaten up. He just is. Like, and I don't, you know, I don't, without uh, direct correspondence, like I don't want to use the word depression, but I'm just saying, like, I know from people that are friends with him, like he's just, he's not in a great spot right now.
1: That's oh, yeah. too bad. Yeah. I, and, and I think,
2: think we were refreshed. Yeah, Yeah.
1: and I think too in, in his d- defense a, a bit as well, I mean the disappointment of 2021 especially I'm sure was huge because there were to, to go back a, a year now, there were expectations that I think were pretty big and you know from the first day of training camp, it didn't work w- which is too bad, but I get that. Hey, on Zadarius Smith, Doogie, uh, the one thing that I find, uh, to go back to your point, too, which I think is dead on accurate, if he could play, awesome. But he's coming off a back problem. He's around 30. That's That certainly can't be dismissed as, oh, you're being negative. Um, have we seen any indication on the guarantees? Because I have not seen that yet. And ordinarily, if they're good, the agent gets that out immediately. Because the contract is, itself doesn't mean much. Um, I feel like the I feel like we're gonna find out the guarantees aren't as much as we probably expected, because if they were, somebody from the Deser- Deser- Zedarius I keep saying Deser- Zedarius Zedarius <laughs> Camp I don't know why I've got it backwards. These Zedarius Camp would have leaked those fairly quickly.
2: You got it. I tried a bunch. Certainly got the confirmation. It was a done deal, but. Tried to chase down what these incentives are. You know, can earn an additional $5 million in incentives. Was curious what the 2022 cap number is. Sure. Lots of silence. Now, the contract will have to be filed with the league at some point, either later today or tomorrow. So we will have that specific information very, very soon. Mm -hmm. But, yes, there is something to be said that the only numbers we saw out there the other day on Tuesday – three years forty two million worth up to forty seven million, yeah, let's be frank, there's a very very very, very, very good chance he is not touching forty seven million dollars
0: yeah. right, yeah, that'll be interesting to to see how this plays out. I mean, I guess where I'm at with this is you've already gone this far down the line right you've already you've already you've extended and restructured players who are past the age of thirty for the purposes of keeping the band together. You've added zadarius smith and and taking on you're taking on some level of risk with that contract. Keep going, like 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 JC Treader's knees. If he wants to keep playing football, aren't the like that's not the risk that I would draw the line at at this point. You know, you might. I mean, you're you're already taking on a lot of risk. You might as well keep going at this point and 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 commit full on and see what you can do. I mean, what what are the other ways by which they can drastically improve the offensive line? I guess you could make a case for drafting Tyler Linderbaum. Maybe he's ready to step in as a rookie at center. If they go in that direction, but then You'd how to are you? You have to
2: him at twelve. I mean, he's not going to be there in the exactly. second
0: round. Exactly, and then and then who are you drafting at cornerback now? Are you going into the second round? So, you know, I think they have they have to address cornerback and and middle of the offensive line in some capacity with another splash free agent signing or trade, because you're not going to be able to fix all these things in the draft. So that's what I'm curious to see play out here over the next two or three weeks with the second wave of free agency.
2: You call it the second wave, but there are still first wave type free agents out there, there were third-slash-fourth-wave free agents that came off the board quickly. Think about the tight end the Vikings signed. Like, that's not a guy that typically signs three days into free agency. So free agency, to me, has been interesting. But there Mm -hmm. are still plenty of guys out there. There are guys that Ed Donatel knows well at the cornerback position, Fuller, Callahan. Yeah, and there are still a number of offensive linemen. I don't have the full list, but, you know, we touched on Shredder. We touched on Turner. So there still is an opportunity to add a guy or two. I need to look at the latest cap projections, where they're at in terms of space. pre Zedarius Smith, after the Adam Thielen reworking of his deal, they were sitting at approximately $7 million of space. But then they turned the Daniil Hunter roster bonus into a signing bonus. So they end up creating that much more space. But now we need to see what the Zadarius Smith contract is. So I'll be curious to see how much cap space they have remaining after we see the Zadarius Smith numbers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me I add one more thing on the Vikings. Yep. Uh, Kevin O'Connell did some sit-down interviews on Wednesday with local TV stations. My colleague Joe Schmidt ended up doing the interview. Kevin was trying to spin it that he loves the depth of this roster. Now, was that just coach speak? He certainly has watched a lot of video <laughs> since he's been hired. But remember what Mike Zimmer Told us yes. in early September, pre-week one against Cincinnati, that he only trusted twenty-five to twenty-six players on the fifty-three man roster. So yeah, it's, again, it's, it's more. He's it's more. To there's all sorts of depth.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's more. It's, so that even that comment, that comment is not meant to be a shot across the bow at Mike Zimmer. Like, it, he's no, just, I do He's even just think talking the roster. Knew. Yeah, I don't but, think
2: Kevin even knew that Mike had made that comment. But
0: if Mike but Mike viewed that roster, which is it's 90% the same roster, right? I mean, it's 80 to 90% the same roster. And Mike viewed it as being completely unusable past the 25th player to the point where he wasn't playing any draft picks basically last year, right? And so the new coach comes in and says, I love the depth of this roster. We can coach this thing up, right? So, I mean, this is all headed toward... Either the Vikings are right, and Mike Zimmer was an absolute cancer and anchor for this team the last two years. Which, by the way, like four years ago, he was part of the, a big part of the reason why they overachieved and went to the NFC Championship game.
2: And by the way, four years ago, he predicted his downfall, I right, know, at the combine, yeah. right? March yes. of
0: 2018,
2: or I guess it would have been February of 2018, whatever, late February, early March. Yeah. He predicted that if they sign a quarterback, it was going to be doom and gloom. Exactly it's just, right. it's
0: just like one more. Sorry, I'm just like I'm. I'm going apoplectic here. Mike Zimmer is probably the third best coach in Vikings history. You got you got Bud Grant, Dennis Green, and I think Mike Zimmer is probably the third best coach in Vikings history. He's I agree. 15, Fifteen games, sixteen games, over five hundred. Who else did
2: you make a case for?
0: Um, Jerry Burns, I guess, would be the only other.
2: Which is fine, but yeah, I mean, I think it's. Almost an in ink, right? Like Mike yeah. Zimmer, definitively the number three coach in Vikings
0: is and, and up until a couple of years ago, almost everyone, every Vikings fan would have said, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's probably a top ten coach in the NFL. Like, people love Mike Zimmer, Zim, right? And now, it feels like the entire organization and a lot of fan stances, and I listen, he deserved to be fired. I'm not, I'm not disputing that. But we've gone so far in this direction of he was the thing holding everything back to the point where we're just going to run it all back. And and we're gonna and we're gonna trash him on the way out, right? Like, really? I'm just like this doesn't sit well with me, I guess. Now they're You're- not
2: necessarily like spewing all sorts of negativity. It's it's more, you know, implied, insinuated. But yeah, like and do I think they're going to be better this year? I do. I think now that we see what the core is in large part going to be, I think they are going to be better this based on on some health luck as well but like do i think they will win more than seven games i do like do i think it's realistic they get to 10 i do do i see a realistic path to them winning the nfc especially now with tom brady back in the conference phil that's where i struggle
1: all right let's be up front here we, you we all have to be and if you're a vikings fan you are going to be hoping the same thing kevin o'connell has been lying a lot that that is your hope because when you get up to a microphone and say garrett bradbury i, I think garrett bradbury is real oh no you kevin you can't change him you can't make him grow um you're not and going they're not to, picking up
2: the option right i mean they have to pick no, no, up no, the but, option if but, they want to in a few weeks you're not picking up that fifth year garrett bradbury The think
1: fan should pray that kevin o'connell was basically pulling joe schmidt's leg that's your hope. If Kevin O'Connell really looks at the depth and is like, "This is fine now," if he had said, "I want to explore it," that's cool. Okay, that's exactly right. But this pie-in-the-sky positivity stuff that they're trying to espouse—it's got—it's got a point where you hope it's nothing more than them just saying that.
0: Well, it's also putting Kevin O'Connell in a really tough spot. I think when he got hired, it was—it was—it was all right. This is this has potential to be great. He comes from the Sean McVay coaching tree. But he's going to have time to sort of breathe, and, and they can they can retool this roster, maybe find a quarterback. But because they've committed so hard to competing in 2022-23, it puts a lot of pressure on a first-year coach. He's never done this before. Oh, yeah. He's never managed two-minute drill, four-minute drill. He's never managed egos. To, I mean, like he has as a coordinator, but it's a different game when you are in charge of everyone's family and everyone's livelihood, right? And so it would be nice to have a couple year buffer to take some lumps and to not have the pressure turned up but like they've kind of taken that grace period away haven't they They have now
2: like I don't foresee them pulling a Jimmy Haslam and firing the coach after year 1 if they don't make the playoffs like, I think Kevin O'Connell's going to be here for a while but yeah yeah make no mistake about that yeah the pressure has been has been ramped up and that's where like I was on board with the Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus philosophy. Now, it probably helps that they have a a rookie quarterback, right? That a quarterback isn't eating up a ton of their cap space. But, like, the Bears were all about hitting the reset button. If there ever was a time to hit the reset button here, it was now. And so, I'll continue to admit, like, I didn't foresee this little of change. Like, I really thought there would be more change. Stand this. So, admittedly, I was wrong on that. Yeah,
0: interesting. uh Give us uh, let's let's empty the scoop bag here again. You know, the, the Twins need another pitcher. I've I've seen very little steam since the initial Frankie Montas reporting. What are you hearing when it comes to the Minnesota Twins as they push also to sort of go all in in 2022?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I checked this morning just because there hasn't been any movement on Johnny Cueto, the best remaining free agent starter. So I texted somebody. I said, hey. Should I rule out the Twins on adding Johnny Cueto? I was told no, but as of this morning, Phil, they had not extended Johnny Cueto in offer. And I'm not suggesting Johnny Cueto is, you know, Jacob DeGrom, but I think he would probably help. He's in a good spot health-wise. So keep an eye on that situation still. John Heyman had the steam on Wednesday night that the A's very well may carry Minaya and Montes into the start of the season. Montes did throw earlier this week through a couple innings, which suggests the A's are not close to completing a trade. I continue to hear that the Twins prefer Montes over Manaya, but also that Oakland prefers to trade Manaya <laughs> compared to Montes more immediately. Manaya, free agent after the year, Montes still has two years of team control. But I'm sure the Twins are maintaining dialogue. They had been earlier in this week, so I don't know why that would stop. So the twins are maintaining dialogue with the A's.
1: What What do we think the price take on Manaya would be, Doogie?
2: Well, one year,
1: right? That's what I'm saying. Is it's not he's at,
2: what nine eight nine nine? Mm-hmm. Like they they avoided arbitration, they came to an agreement the other day. But I mean, it's it's a healthy number. I don't necessarily think you need to give Austin Martin or That's Royce what I'm Lewis for one year. So I think it's somewhere. You know, go down that list in that 6 to 10 ranking prospects-wise. Okay. You know, maybe it's one of those guys, then prospect, you know, 22, 23. So maybe it's two prospects for Manaya but not one of your top five guys. I'm
1: in That's that. That's a little
2: bit more conjecture, but we're talking no, about sure. one year, and we're talking about Oakland not wanting to absorb any money. So Oakland then would save – more Mm million
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of, especially when you start to look at, someone had yesterday, uh, they went back and looked at those Marlins trades, like the Giancarlo Stanton trade, and I think the Christian Yelich trade, and all of those young players the Marlins got back for those established sluggers are now out of their system. So we look at these prospect lists on a regular basis, and you can go back and do the exercise. Go look at the Twins prospect list, the top 10 prospects, 2005 2010 you know yeah there's a Joe Mauer sprinkled in 20 years ago and there's a Justin morno and there might be a, a Brian Dozier or something but there's gonna be five or six guys on the current twins top ten prospect list that don't really do anything meaningful in the major leagues and there might be one or two superstars so I just even if like even if you know, I'll throw a uh, Miranda out there if uh, if the a said all right we need either, either Royce Lewis or Miranda for uh, in a package for for Promontas. Uh, yes, it sounds like a steep price to pay, but oh,
2: I would do that. Yeah, in a Sign heartbeat. Yeah, in a heartbeat.
0: In a heartbeat. Okay. Like yeah. the Twins balked at including Aaron Hicks in a trade ten years ago for Cliff Lee because that's going to be our center fielder of the future. Like, well, obviously in retrospect, you would have liked Cliff Lee against the Yankees in the 2010 playoffs. Scooby, so it's don't be Scooby. i involved.
1: Scooby. Scooby, Scooby with the scoops. Who's it's a good boy? Male...
2: You... Is that a woman or man? I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> but why would <laughs> he?
1: 2022, even... you know what? It doesn't, doesn't matter, well. yet. It well, doesn't matter he anymore. She is wearing a hat. Yeah, I
2: really can't tell. Now he or she is walking across the street. That is a female. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's that, Tom and I? Is that doorbell? Frankie
1: Montas? Which one is it?
2: Who knows? Maybe there's some big package so she... at my door. So that's yeah. a nice
1: do- doorbell. Nice sounding, not too loud, not too obnoxious. I like your doorbell.
2: It's actually a little obnoxious, and it's been the same doorbell. Judd, since ever, we moved in here. Yeah. Crap. What year did I move in here?
1: I don't know. Don't have to get the dollar. 19 years ago. Wow, dude. Like,
2: wow, remember back dude. in the day, the parties in the garage? Phil dressing oh, yeah. up as Macho Man, Randy Savage?
0: Some beer pong in the garage? That's Lots of beer sound. pong.
2: Yeah. I could oh, go I've for a beer seen. pong party.
0: We should. Why don't you have any more beer pong parties? <laughs>
2: we will. You know what? the summer. Yeah. You got to get those kids. You,
0: you, know, you can't wait. You, those kids can't wait till they're 21 to start enjoying life, okay? I think, you know. Let's I'll get them summon the here.
2: company private jet out to your location, <laughs> Phil. We'll pick you up. We'll get here oh, yeah. for a weekend of beer. Yeah, more
0: of a flip yeah, cup guy. It.
3: More of a flip cup guy.
0: That's really? fine. We can do that yes. too. Doc. Love. I flip feel like cup. flip flip cup is just a lot of unnecessary splashing and just mm. uh, sounds like a, uh, drinking games are a, a complete, complete waste of time. Yeah. And then yeah. you get mad yeah. at yeah. Your, yeah. you get mad Let's at get your friends early who can't and flip let the
1: drink <laughs> and and debate things. Let's debate <laughs> sports, okay? <laughs> Put the games away. The games are for the kids. The drinking is for the adults. Judd just wants to sit in
0: a corner quietly. Leave me alone. Surly furious. No, I'll talk to Dukes about stuff. Don't talk to me.
1: No,
2: no, no, (laughs) no. Yeah. He'll interact a little bit, but yeah, you will be slamming surly furious. no doubt about that. you want some more scoops?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I checked again this morning because, like, to me, the Wolves remain on a crash course playing the Memphis Grizzlies, which is my wish, my hope, for my own selfish reasons. Yeah purely entertainment reasons, like give me Wolves-Grizzlies in the first round. Well, Memphis, there's a million ways to slice and dice it, but Memphis is about the best rebounding team in the league, right? Mm -hmm. Certainly grabbing offensive rebounds, getting second-chance points. The Wolves are one of the worst rebounding teams in the league. Why not bring somebody in that can play six to eight minutes a night? You have that open roster spot. Why not go sign Willie Colley-Stein? Why not go sign... Greg Monroe, not even necessarily right this second for the rest of the season. Bring them in on a 10-day contract, then assess, see where that individual is at. Then you can make a determination, okay, let's sign him for the rest of the season. I need to even double-check the rules, whether you can sign a guy now and he's playoff eligible. I suppose if he's on the market, why couldn't he be on your playoff roster? But yeah. I should have checked that. But like, point is, why not even bring somebody in to help you through this push the rest of the regular season? as you're trying to avoid being in the play-in tournament, maybe you can climb up, get the six. I still think it's a long shot, but, like, last night, Phoenix has those three big men. DeAndre Deandre Ayton, JaVale McGee, Fiambo. Like, you mean to tell me the Wolves couldn't use another big man? But I checked on a couple guys this morning. Zero traction. Mm -hmm. Amazing.
0: So, well, yeah, I mean, and we're going to talk more about the Wolves here, but last night... Especially with Towns and foul trouble, he goes off the court. And listen, Jared Vanderbilt's been great this season. Nas Reed definitely, you know, effective offensively. But then you look at those two guys standing next to DeAndre Ayton and JaVale McGee. <laughs> and there's a, there was a couple, and I think I think rebounding was pretty neck and neck statistically last night. But there were a couple possessions where it was like one, two, three chances. You know, ball gets tipped up, and it's like. It's like playing keep away from, uh, you know, from a five-year-old. Even And Jared Vanderbilt is a great, crafty rebounder, but not when he's standing next to DeAndre Ayton.
2: Correct. And, yeah, I mean, I think the rebounding numbers were pretty neck and neck. But I'm just I'm specifically talking about a potential matchup with Memphis, thinking about some of the Memphis yep. games this year. They can use rebounding help. Last night was also a reminder. Like, Phoenix is my pick to win it all. I know there's a lot of Brooklyn steam, especially with the news coming. Out of New York City today, that Kyrie Irving can now play in home games. That even though Brooklyn looks like it'll be a seven or an eight seed, that they can get through and make a run in the Eastern Conference. Other people are saying, hey, you know, until somebody dethrones Milwaukee, Milwaukee's my team. You know, there's, you know, a little bit, maybe a little bit of Philadelphia steam as well. But like Phoenix is my pick to win it all. Watching Phoenix last night was another reminder down Cam Johnson, down Chris Paul. Just how bleeping good how about that? they the, the, are. that the how Suns good and a coach what, Monty Williams is. You
0: watched the yeah. Suns in the fourth quarter last night. They were without a Hall of Famer. <laughs> and they still look like that. It's just ridiculous. Booker, and though. the guy's still
2: playing at a Hall of Fame level. I mean, Chris yeah. Paul is on the verge of coming back. He's had a wonderful year. Even though he's up there in age, Chris Paul is still a phenomenal player. So, yes, give me Phoenix to win the championship. So, no harm in the Wolves losing last night. Just unfortunate. When you're up 13 at the half, then to be outscored by 22 points in the second half, lose by nine.
1: Booker though, in that last quarter, in the fourth, oh my god, he is he he is basically t- taking on the Chris Paul persona, like he's in your face. It was fun. It's it's so much fun to watch a team like that that knows exactly how to, to win and when to trigger that like it is such a difference in in all sports but my god like the suns were like oh we'll we'll stick around we'll stick around okay now it's go time and the wolves were like whoa that was it and yes Booker and also gone. a
2: reminder that if the wolves do end up in the play in and yep. the clippers beat them upset them at target center so then the wolves are playing the winner of the 9-10 matchup for that 8 seed let's say yep. the wolves end up as the 8 seed it would be a very quick playoff series Like, maybe the Wolves could find a way to win one game against Phoenix, but it would not go beyond five games. I wouldn't be shocked if that would be a four-game sweep. So, for sake of really gaining, you know, some solid experience, postseason experience, like, avoid Phoenix at all costs.
0: Yep. Yep. Good to see Jimmy Butler bringing everyone together last (laughs) night, too. What a clown.
2: Udonis Eudanas, So He tried to he the tried man. to fight Polstra. Eric Spolstra.
0: Did you see that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah I saw. He was yeah. challenge. So Eric, we couldn't see what Jimmy was saying, but there's video all over the place. <laughs> yeah. There was a there was a fan court and, side
2: that captured great video. Right Eric on the bench there. Eric
0: Spolstra, he, he he like is taken aback, sitting in front of Butler, saying, "What you want to fight me?" Yeah. And laughs at him, and then Udonis Haslam steps in. And by the way, forty one years old, still in the league. Played. He's played like fifteen games for them this year. And he said, dude, I will kick your ass. I will kick your ass. And, <laughs> and that's you what won, I, by the way. And I wanted that. That's <laughs> Absolutely what I wanted. Not mess Jimmy with that Butler's
2: dude. ass.
1: Jimmy, Jimmy Butler <laughs> would, deserves to have his ass kicked. It would have been great to see. I would have loved every second of that. He deserved Well, Phil,
2: that. I saw your tweet last night about you know some fake toughness there, right?
0: Well, he's a, like, he's a fake superstar. Yeah. No, I don't think he's fake tough. I think he's a fake superstar.
2: Well, I mean, he, he doesn't bring really guys together. Player, he's de- but, he's divisive.
0: Yeah. He's, he can be, he's a, he's now, a second tier people, superstar.
2: Yeah. There's some people like Tyus Jones who think the world of him. So, but yeah, there's, he's polarizing to to say the least, but like, I don't know. Like you think if push comes to shove, like he's really like Pat Beverly, like I can just tell you, He'll fight like, you. He'll... Gary Trent senior reminded me a few weeks ago when I was at Gary's house that, that, how about that for a name drop that. Yeah, Bev grew up on the south side of Chicago. Like, there's toughness there. You don't want to mess with Patrick Beverly. Yeah, that is that is authentic. That is genuine. Yeah, he'll kill you. I'm not convinced if push comes to shove that that Jimmy's really going
0: to engage. Oh, see, I thought you were going to go the other way. I thought you were going to say that my, that my radar's off there. I I agree no, with no. you.
2: No, no, I think your radar is spot on. But I'm just telling you, like I've seen some people over the years. Suggest a, a fake toughness about Patrick Dude, Beverly.
0: Jimmy, no, no, no. Jimmy, Jimmy flies That's private and takes wine baths, him. okay? He, he's flying private and taking wine baths. He's not fighting <laughs> anyone. Come on. It's ridiculous. And make him a lot of coffee. I would have loved
1: to see him get his ass kicked in front of the fans during a timeout. <laughs> it you? would have been fantastic. I would
3: pay pay-per-view to see that easily.
1: That's what I always said. I know. Cat. Punch him. The day of the practice, I would have kicked his ass. I would have. I would have fought him. And I would have laid him out. It would cat have been the a time statement. was too
2: nice. Yeah. But I don't have toughness. Either. No, but don't you no, have a rubbing off on cat, which is mm-hmm. but a
0: breaking point. I want breaking points. I want yeah, a point I mean, where you Jud- just cat lose was cat was like 22 years old. He was not in a position to, He I just wasn't there confidence wise. He wasn't I, there. Well, yeah, I think, cat, I think, cat, it. I, if it was, a, I, I mean, not the cats like the toughest dude, but you know, I think if, if that happened now, with the, with the confidence that Cat has gained, in part because of Patrick Beverly. yeah, I think Cat checks Jimmy Butler at practice. yeah. But I don't think that was in a place to happen three out. years ago. Lost okay, in this conversation. All, right, all right, tough guy. I would have laid him out. All right, tough yeah. guy. is won
2: that game last night. So I'm just looking at the standings. It's still two. Memphis, two in front of Golden State. Still no Steph Curry. So I still think the Grizzlies end up as the two seed. Okay. The Warriors end up, well... They're three up on Utah, so I think Golden State is going to end up as the three seed. So I'm telling you, I think it's trending toward Wolves Grizzlies first round of the playoffs because I do think the Wolves will beat the Clippers in that seven eight game.
0: Yep. All right, Doogie, great stuff as always. Five Eyewitness News, the Scoop. Go collaborate.
2: Go no collaboration.
1: Work and collaborate with Joe Schmidt, James, the entire crew there. No, no, I'm
2: going to grab the package and I got to run to Costco, so I'll be doing that by myself.
0: All right, so it's a dictatorship. Yeah, it's a dictatorship. Thanks, Mike. Oh, that's that's cool. me, dude. Yeah, that's Bye, it. Mike. All right, see yeah. you, Doogie. See you later. All right, enjoy
2: the rest of your reckless speculation Thursday. All see right. you, boys.
0: Yeah, that, uh, that scoop session presented by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. And it's like having a great offensive line for your business. They're all about risk management, protection, and helping you maximize the success of your business. They specialize in various fields and industries. You can find a list of those at FederatedInsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, you guys want to dive more into this Timberwolves game? Let's do it from oh, last absolutely. night. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, and Dex, if you have a clip here, feel yeah. free to fire away. Yeah, we got Let's a little, uh, we got a little Finchy clip
3: uh, after the Finchy. after the loss of the Suns.
0: You know, I thought we for for a large part of the game we played well. We did a lot of things we talked about, but um, you know, we got to learn to play all the way through against these types of teams. So. Chris,
1: is what Phoenix was able to do in the fourth quarter. Does that really kind of show just? Where they're at in terms of a team that really knows how to win, for sure, sure.
0: Yeah, exactly. They they made a lot of shots. They made you know a couple big ones when they needed them. Um, like the Shamit, pin down three was a big one for sure. It kind of gave them just enough breathing space. Um, then we let our head get down and and our shot selection wasn't good, you know. So we had like seven or eight technical fouls in that game. You know, I think before we get into this Wolves conversation, everyone just needs to chill out. Mm -hmm. A little pair -hmm. of of chill boys Mm -hmm. might calm everyone down here. Let's stop chirping at the refs, stop chirping at each other. Chill boys, the most comfortable underwear you're going to find on the planet. They're Minnesota-based, but you can find them online, chillboys.com. Bamboo fabric is going to be your friend going forward. This is the official underwear of Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily, chillboys.com.
1: This will be the first time in my life that I actually dabble in wearing the long johns. In the spring, and maybe in some days in summer, boys. Are you going to go Long John's
0: under the basketball shorts and go uh, go hoist, yeah. some, hoist some threes? Yes. At the- and you
1: know what? I don't care if <laughs> if Dawn hates it. I don't care who hates it. The comfort is so, and, and because it's chill, boys it doesn't make you it doesn't make you all bunched up and hot and sweaty. Huh? That's
0: right. right. Chillboys.com. So let's just get into this. Yeah, I, I I hate to do this. Judd, you were there last night. Soaking in what was an amazing atmosphere at Target Center, just great. And so we can we can sprinkle that in here too. But um, because the Timberwolves are out there learning and gaining valuable experience, I, I hate to come down on them. You know mm-hmm. this is I think this is all great. Like it sucks these two losses. As you're you're a Wolves fan, it just kind of stings. You felt like you had that game last night you're up 15 points. You were leading going into the fourth quarter, but uh, I feel like the Timberwolves have graduated. This is the first time I think we've ever done this with the Timberwolves. Now on Mecky and Judd. This chart makes it as clear as I can to you. The pie chart of blame. You want to blame somebody? You got a pie chart of blame if you guys want to. All right. you feel about yeah, yeah, let's go. And again, like, this is all part of the experience. This is all right. part of the levels yeah. that you need to graduate from in the NBA, and I hate to have to come down and you know, bonk them on the head with this pie chart of blame. But we do this for the Vikings after every game. Like, you've, you've got to graduate to a certain point before we hit you with the pie chart of blame. The plan. Wild might start... We did it for the be, Wild. Not, oh, that's right, we did I did, did, it, I did one for yeah. the
3: Wild two weeks ago, and they
0: were losing Everybody every gets game game. involved.
1: Yeah, everyone gets
3: one. Spread it around. Gets Spread more. it around the
0: pie chart love. So, okay, before we get into this pie chart of blame, what? how would you characterize that atmosphere last night? Oh, it was, ap-
1: arena. it was absolutely fantastic. Is it, it proves, again, that this is... If you give... The people in this town, a competitive product, it is very much a basketball town. And that's true if the Gophers are good. It's true if the the Wolves are are good. Uh, That building, at least the lower bowl, was filled, I think, during warm-ups, basically. The atmosphere felt like as close to a a playoff-type atmosphere as you could possibly get and i got a tweet from a guy who said this sort of feels like 2003-4 and i don't disagree and here's why the Tibbs year was fun like that team was pretty good and that was fun but there was always sort of a disconnect it felt like between the fans and players that didn't really connect it um i think the fan base likes this team like really likes this entire team and i think the players feed off that and so it really felt more to me like the early two thousands, where there's a where there's a shared feeling, um, which I don't think in the Butler year you got. It was seriously fantastic, intense, yep. loved it.
0: Yeah, I mean Jimmy and Jimmy showing again as we talked about with with Doogie. How many teams now? This is the fourth team where he's had some sort of implosion or. Yep major blow-up or something, and this happened on the sideline last night with Udonis Haslam and Eric Spolstra, who's one of the best coaches of the last 25 years in the NBA, Yeah, and you're, like, challenging him to a fight? Yeah. All right, dude. Yeah. yeah. So I He's barely even count. That season from four years ago, I, I almost, it's like, I almost isolate it. Like, it was just a, well, it was a weird one-year aberration in Timberwolves history. And there were fun
1: games. That Denver game was a lot of fun. Yeah, but, right. but yeah, I never felt the connection that you now feel between this team and the fan base, and especially basketball, I think. There's something to be said for that. Absolutely. Yep.
0: So I have five pieces of pie to dish Ooh. out here. Wow. <laughs> Chef Mackey. Rolls pie, blame Chef yep. Mackey. Coming in. All right. Let's hear it. But half of the pie, 50% of the pie just to be clear is going to this fir- I'm going to start at the top here the timberwolves general lack of experience in big boy games you can't you can't just get this experience by watching thursday night matchups on TNT or watching the playoffs from your couch like you're going to have to go on the road against Dallas. You're going to have to play Phoenix, you know the best team in the NBA. The Suns, and we, talk, we, we talked about this when the Suns came back and beat the Wolves the first time they played at home back in December or whatever it was, mm-hmm. that when it comes down to the final ten minutes, the final five minutes, it's a close game. The Suns know exactly who they are. They know exactly how they want to score, how they want to dissect you. And they know exactly what they want to take away defensively. Like there, there's no sort of feeling it out in those moments for the Suns. They're very meticulous. They're surgical. They get wide open shots. They scheme wide open baskets. <clears throat> and Devin Booker is a is a freaking assassin. Like that guy, that guy is cold-blooded. Uh and I, I think at some point he's he's like twenty-five years old. I think at some point he's going to be regarded as one of the three or four best players in the NBA. And the Wolves are still trying to figure it out. Like they're just they get into moments and they're not quite sure. Okay, is are we supposed to get it to Cat, which the answer should generally be yes, which they which they struggled to do last night when Cat yeah. was playing. And he and and we'll get to he'll get a chunk of pie here in a second too. But uh, but then it's like, okay, is, is Delo going to be taking shots here? And Delo settled for some long twos that are just sort of uncharacteristic in those moments. So they just it felt like they didn't they didn't know what to go to to crack the Suns' defense, which is hard because the Suns are the best team in the NBA. So they almost have to go through these lumps in big boy games to figure out who they are against the best teams in the NBA, unfortunately. And I I think part of an important
1: uh, part of the maturation progress here for this team is the fact that they also need to, because last night was indicative, I I think, of how the playoffs are going to be. And when the games become chaotic... The Wolves need to be able to slow themselves and the game down. And right now, their their star players get eaten up by that. Like, they get get drawn in. And it's fine to be intense. That's fun. Um, But you can't allow it to impact your ultimate goal. And a guy like Towns still very much, and probably Ant, too, um, they struggle to slow the game down and say, okay, the officials are terrible, which is fine. That's going to happen. Um, The Suns are are mentally stronger right now, which they certainly probably are. How do we slow this game down? And that's a step that's going to come with time and playing in big games. But you could feel that game start to, in the second half last night, accelerate. And the Wolves were like into it, but they didn't know how to sort of stop it. And the chaos seemed to consume them at some points.
0: Yep. No, it's it's true. I mean, it just it felt like the video game was too fast. Like that's that's what it felt Mm -hmm. like in the second half. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. Slice of pie. Number two, 35 percent. So now we're up to 85 percent of the pie with these first two slices. Carl Anthony Towns foul trouble. It's not just a last night problem. Cat has the third most fouls of any player in the NBA this season. He averages a full foul more per game than DeAndre Ayton does. And last night, it affected them greatly. I mean, that game was the Wolves for the taking after three quarters. And then Cat, boom, picks up a fifth foul. And I thought the flagrant was a ridiculously bad call. The ref, They didn't lose because of the refs. But there were a couple momentum-changing things that happened in that game, including the flagrant that was called on Carl anthony Towns. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> what are we doing here? Uh, but still... Because Cat picked up a foul, like it was a foul, it shouldn't have been a flagrant, he has to sit. So he winds up playing 30 minutes last night on a night where they probably needed him closer to 40 minutes. So they were missing Cat for 7 or 8, maybe 10 minutes uh, of game time. Meanwhile, DeAndre Ayton's out there for whatever it was, 35, 38 minutes, just dumping on everybody because the Wolves don't have enough size when Cat's out to match up with him. Right. So the playoffs are going to be more physical, they're going to be chippier, they're going to be more emotional. Right. And ultimately, in the end, I didn't like the flagrant. But Cat, in an emotional, chippy, physical playoff light game, winds up with five fouls, sitting on the bench for ten minutes when he shouldn't have a technical foul and a flagrant, which was BS. But still, it's like you gotta you gotta pump the brakes on this stuff. You gotta stay out there and stay calm. Aiton
1: was called for one foul in the entire game. It was unbelievable. I have no idea how, but one. It was. The thing with Cat as well, though, is when – so he he was in the first quarter last night, 4-7 from the field, five boards, ten points. He scored five points the rest of that game and had six more shots. When he is playing – and look, I get it. Guys like Prince, Noel, like they've got guys that come off the bench and play well. But the fact is this. If you are going to have any chance in a playoff series – ball has to go through Cat more. Like, when he's out there, it has to touch his hands. And and because he's Cat, he sort of defers at times. Like, he doesn't say... Like, he's gotten more aggressive towards opponents, which is great. But I don't see the give-me-the-ball look. And, like, last night, when he's playing, you need that. You desperately need that. And so I really think that that he needs to try and, and trim away from his foul troubles. But perhaps... He, he could expend the he could expend what he trims away from that in an
0: energy to say, I got to have the ball more, guys. And even like despite some of this stuff, I think if he's just out there for an extra seven minutes or let's call yeah. it an extra five minutes even in the fourth quarter, because he probably would have rested for two minutes. I think I don't know if they win, but like that game is much different if he's if he's out there for five extra minutes in the fourth quarter. Uh, mm-hmm. Which brings me to slice of pie number three here.
2: The Rock
1: knows how you feel about pie. Five
0: percent of the blame goes to to D'Lo. D'Lo was terrible last night. Yeah, he had a terrible game. Bad he game. was three for nine. He was zero for five from downtown. He he took some questionable shots down the stretch. And meanwhile, you know, on the other side, Devin Booker's out there just <laughs> executing everything in the fourth quarter. He's, Devin Booker in the fourth quarter was perfect from the field and the free throw line. And uh, and sank a couple shots, and then chirped at the wolves fans. In the that was a, I was rows. about to say that was the <laughs> like, best part. Yeah, was, you saw. Yeah, you used cold, some man. very questionable language. Yeah, well, he there bottled is. it up for two hours, and then all of a sudden he unleashed. The wolves kind of did the opposite. The wolves kind of chirped, 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 and then had to yeah. had to sit in it for the last five or ten minutes.
1: And I didn't so. feel like Bo- Booker overall had a great game. Like he turned it on, which is impressive. Like like that's what ideally in the last quarter. That's what you want, Ant. Delo. Like you don't need to have a great game to to have a great box score. And the Suns between Aiton and Booker, 22 fourth quarter points. Yeah. Like
0: that's yeah. it right there. 22 points. Yep. Uh, num- uh the, the fourth piece of pie here.
1: The Rock knows how you feel about
0: pie. 5% the lack of size to combat Deandre Aiton and just even just like the Suns front court uh, with everyone, Javale McGee, who's not like a huge scoring threat, but these these are, I'm kind of shocked that the Wolves were able to even up the rebounding edge statistically because there were some times where possessions were being kept alive, but uh, they they couldn't stop Aiton. And you look at if Cat's if sitting out, especially Jared Vanderbilt and Naz Reed look like houseplants next to DeAndre Aiton, and those guys <laughs> yeah. are like six foot ten or whatever. Yes, so um, that's something in the off season. Now they're they're just going to need a bigger body to come in, whether Cat is in foul trouble or not to just keep guys like that in check. And there's not many guys like that because he's DeAndre Ayton. Right. But uh, he did whatever he wanted on the court last night. And that's a playoff guy. Like like you could justify
1: trying to get a guy to play against an Ayton based on this. If you want to advance in the playoffs eventually, you're going to have to have that. Like that presence has to exist. And right now it doesn't. And you also had the problem of as I was re- reading this morning in Krasinski's uh, piece, the high wall defense lands at times cat on Aiton. And uh, you, in the fourth quarter games, you're not going to win that matchup too much.
0: No, it's tough. I so, mean, like that gets exposed. Then there's the whole, like, the Suns are, I think the Suns are going to win the title. I agree with Doogie. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's, that's the team that you're ultimately comparing yourselves to. So that, you know, that's, what you saw last night are like the deficiencies between a team that's probably going to compete for a championship and where the Wolves are at. And the Wolves are still a couple steps beneath that on the on the ladder here. But um, this next one should be the easiest one to correct. My fifth and final slice of pie. The
1: Rock knows how you feel about pie.
0: Goes to Anthony Edwards specifically converting at the rim. So I went and found, you watch these games and you're like, God, he's like Couldn't kind of talk a about this? spaz at the rim. Yeah, Finch. You know, how does he night. miss shots at the This dude yeah. is like an athletic house <laughs> <laughs> and he he can get to the rim whenever and however he wants, but then it's like a spaz fest when he's up there, right? <laughs> he can, he can't play through contact. So I looked this up. Anthony Edwards missed four more shots inside the restricted area last night. He was he uh I think he was yep. like 2 for 6 inside the restricted area. And he ranks 150th in the NBA in point blank Inside three feet field goal percentage. Mm-hmm. So he shoots like 64% inside three feet. The best players in the NBA are 75-80%. So the guys like Giannis, the, uh, like Devin Booker is like 75% at the rim. So he's he's got to get better. And last night, so you take those four missed shots inside the restricted area. Those are all layups. Or dunks. Dunks. I mean, that's eight extra points. Dunks. And maybe a couple and ones if you convert, right? Yeah. And, he, and I think he got to the free throw line a couple times on close ones too, but it's just like that. I don't know what he needs to do this offseason, but hire some people with some punching bags or something to just hammer you as you drive to the hoop and convert at a higher rate.
1: It's a so, problem. so, Finch was asked about that exact thing post game last night and directly said. He gets too cute at times. He said, those should be dunks. The problem is he's trying to make a nice play instead of saying, screw it. Because to your point, Phil, if he just goes for dunks, he's almost certainly going to get fouled much of the time. Uh, and then post game said, I'm a little beat up too. So like this could have to do with his knees and such. But, but the statistical, what, what you just read, um, I think him being beat up would, if he was like the last two weeks, we're bad. That makes more sense. This is a season long problem. So I think Finch is right. And again, this comes to being assertive and not trying to make a cute play. Just take the contact, take the foul, make the free throws. I think yep. you're exactly right. And and the fact that Finch answered it the way he did clearly indicates it's annoying because you are essentially punting free points.
0: Yeah, and like like Tatum and Brown, the Celtics wing players, I look look this up too. I mean just I, you can't really compare his shooting percentage at the rim to the big guys who are just getting even more dunks, but like to other wing players, the best wing players in the league, those Celtics guys, you know, Devin Booker, it's all 75, 80% at the rim. Yep. So when, oh, you and, at, when you look at when you look Ant Edwards, would you look at him and say, oh, he's really bad at converting at the rim? He'd say, no, he's, he should be amazing at converting at the rim. Right. So, and, and Finch Finch also t-
1: talked about the fact that the problem lies in Ant's half-court game. So if he's got a breakaway dunk, he's fine because like, it's a splashy dunk. Um, the problem is in the half court is where he goes for a layup or tries to make a nice play, and so that point is just go to the basket no matter
0: what. Yeah. Um, so there it is. That's the that's the pie chart of. of I love, blame that's a for... that's a major. Regular season pie chart. That's some very things impressive. things to work on there. Well, That's a very in exp- five parts from Akadak. <laughs> lack of experience in big boy games. Cat mm-hmm. foul trouble. D'Lo's got to be better. Uh, mm-hmm. Just lack of size. And then Ant Edwards at the rim. And that pie chart was presented by our friends at Mayo Clinic. So, guys, if you are, you know, maybe you're not uh, an NBA caliber player. But the good news is that even if you're a weekend warrior sort of, uh, yeah, you go to you have to go to the gym and, and get some shots up or whatever. You can be seen by the same care team that the pros trust at Mayo Clinic. The expert care is offered to all levels of athletes, from elite to the everyday, uh, just a guy who wants to hoist up some jump shots on the weekend. Located in the Mayo Clinic Square, right across from Target Center and First Ave. Underground parking. Request an appointment at sportsmedicine.mayoclinic.org. Sportsmedicine.mayoclinic.org. Are we? Uh, do we have? We, we, we get Let's four here. We can we
3: can run through some quick old tweets exposed here.
0: Quick addition. Oh,
3: oh, oh, goody. Oh, goody. Judd oh, goody. and I are in lockstep. And I, and Phil's isn't necessarily crazy damning. I just think it's worth bringing up as we close the show. So let's start. I'm gonna, Actually, I'm going to self-report to start here. Because it ties in good with Judd's tweet as well. No, do not do that. Okay. My laptop being fun. All right. March 8th, oh, 2021.
0: Oh, okay. We're okay. Gonna say, We're oh, okay. No, you know, we get to, get to miss old tweets exposed. It's too bad.
3: As it stands right now. Kapo Kakinen ranking among oh. save percentage via natural stat trick. Five on five, he's fifth. Goal saved above average, he's six. High danger, seven. Uh, save percentage, he's six. The Wild have their number one goaltender.
1: <laughs> when was You're this? Punk?
3: March 8th, 2011. Let me, there you go. There's the date. 2020, 2021. 2021. 2021. Sorry. Yeah, not 20, 2011. Yeah, It'd that's just when
1: we thought that he was playing great. We thought he was going to play in the playoffs. Your spelling decks is impeccable here, and and Shocking. you use the comma right. Thank you. Like this is this who sent this your, tweet for you? Me? Yeah, this is, dude. Shocking that's me. really good. The Thank folks, you. The comma folks.
0: Thank you. Thank Saint you. Claude State. Way to go, go Huskies, Huskies, baby. Go Huskies. Go I mean, that's a work. pretty pretty good leader in the clubhouse there. Yeah, you had. I got a bad feeling. And up. now he's out of the. I, I got a bad feeling about what well, we're about to see next.
3: On the same date, just twenty minutes later. The Wild expected Cam Talbot to be their number one goalie when the season started. <laughs> and I wrote then about Kapo it. Then yeah. Capo came I'm along. Leading. Same Looking day. Guys. 10, I'm taking the lead. That's a
1: Zolgad column. Wow, e. You guys. He was playing great at the time. but Cool, yeah,
0: calm, and collected. collected. That's right. Capo.
1: I, I am going stud. to take the lead from Declan right there because I backed up my tweet with a column. And I, I had, and, I had a, and I
3: had a good comma, and in that way, we're a great comma. Thank you. you had a great comma. comma. You. A great comma. All right, this That's is a this is a little audiogram from Phil talking about the Josh Donaldson signing and comparing it oh. to the Vikings in a way. I just let's let's play this. Oh play. yeah.
0: Okay. Here's my question: If is it just that the the Twins fans have this the the Twins have this pocket of just negative, angry fans that. No matter what they do, it's not good enough. Or or is it, like, if you go back to the 1998 Vikings draft, for instance, if Twitter existed and if all of the different media that we have now existed, the Vikings had two of the best receivers in the NFL, in Jake Reed and Chris Carter, and they drafted Randy Moss. Like, I kind of compare it to that. You already got an amazing lineup, but you put this dude on top of it, and now it's a game-changing lineup. The Vikings added Randy Moss to that offensive nucleus, and it goes from, that's a really good offense with good receivers, to, no, like, this is next level better than anybody else can field. That's the best comparison that I can... T- 20 years later, different sport, but you're, it's not just, well, you didn't address the pitching need, and you, you added to... No, you you took a really, really good offense and pushed it over the top in a way that teams are going to get beat 10 runs every single night by this offense. It's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> that is some Twins Kool-Aid right there. Oh, yeah. Just this pocket of negative fans. <laughs> 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 we turned into that exact... I know. One year later? Yeah. Let me find this. Where do they rank in runs per game in 2020? Uh, and I think Donaldson was hurt I think that they were like they were like 20 I think Phil
1: wins Declan
3: this clip too was before the 2020 season started so it was like on the heels of the signing of Josh Donaldson so
0: yeah Yeah. Yeah, I think he wins I mean in theory they took the best home run hitting offense ever and they added Josh Donaldson to it in theory (laughs) Kapolkakan was playing great (laughs) so why wouldn't he play great (laughs) now in theory there's a lot Um, of things that are true in theory if they'd stopped the Wolves game after three quarters last night in theory all right, well, there it is. Old tweets exposed. When are you guys going to admit that you were wrong? Apparently every day on the show now. Uh, you know we, what? You may have to cut one of these segments. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed the Wolves pie chart.
1: I would not be adverse to more McAdac-filled pie charts.
0: Oh, happy to. Attractive, happy to. I, think, I enjoyed that exercise. I'll, I'll get you guys I, I a pie gotta, chart of praise after they beat the Mavericks at Home this week. Okay. I enjoyed
1: that one. Okay. That's good okay. stuff. Yeah. Nice work. Write it down. Oops. You like writing Sorry. things down. It's the wrong button. The Rock knows how you feel about <laughs> Wrong that. again. Wrong, wrong again on the segment we're wrong. <laughs> Last place. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> All right. Tomorrow, Feedback Friday. So get your, your comments, questions, concerns, critiques into the Score North app, and we will sift through them on the show tomorrow. And uh, over on Purple Daily today, our guy Thor Nystrom from NBC Sports Edge. Nice. And fellow football fanatic. We'll break down Vikings draft possibilities with us. I put out a tweet that people are, oh, people are freaking out here. So I, I just, I just the competitive rebuild thing doesn't make sense to me. I don't really get it. So you're trying to avoid oh, yeah. mediocrity, and you're going to do a competitive rebuild. Oh, and you tweeted about your not understanding it. And I think like people are why don't, why don't you just support the new front office? Well, <laughs> I, I think he's a smart guy, but like. I don't understand. Competitive you? rebuild makes no why,
1: sense. Why doesn't a guy who does a sports talk show just support what's going on? There's <laughs> Listen, another place for for that, and it
0: ain't Score North. Yeah, we're here to poke and prod and provide critical analysis and and drink beer. That's pretty much what we're here to do. Anyhow, all right, let's get to uh, Purple Daily. We'll see you guys <laughs> tomorrow on Mackie and Judd.